So for me, love is a kind of synonym for almost everything good in the world. And at this hour each day, we'll we'll, uh, practice something like love, some facet of the heart. And the, the practice will function in, uh, in different ways. So when we usually talk about metta practice, loving kindness practice, we think about the, the cultivation or the recollection, accessing uh, the sense of, of unconditional uh, warmth or friendliness, a kind of uh, uh, a warmth that is um, not dependent on the characteristics of the other being, a warmth that is not a kind of bargain or exchange or transaction, but uh, expresses the kind of wisdom that we've developed about what it's like to be human and how deeply we long to be happy, to be safe, to be at peace. And so this cultivation side is one aspect, but there are, there are two other ways that this practice works. So sometimes the practice is, is less of a cultivation of love and is actually more a cultivation of concentration. And so we may use words as, as we'll be invited to do in a repetitive fashion and the heart may feel quite dry. There may be no kind of sense of um, juiciness or tenderness or something like that, but the mind just gathers around the phrases. And then the third possibility is that uh, we actually evoke um, that the, the metta practice as someone said, is a little bit like a magnet that pulls to surface all of the aversion in the heart. Yeah. And so we affirm the wish, may I be happy, or may all beings be happy. And in doing that, what, what uh, is, arises is actually the opposite of love. And that's not a mistake, that's actually the purification side of this loving kindness practice. And so we can be flexible in how we, what we expect to happen, 
yeah? And the practice can function in these different ways as cultivation, as concentration, or as purification. Sometimes I think about love as like, there's the kind of direct path to it maybe, which is this metta practice. But there are a lot of indirect, circuitous paths to love in our Dharma lives. Really, uh, to do vipassana, to, to open to experience moment by moment, something like uh, love is a necessity. Actually meet the intensities of, of being human, something like a soft, quiet love is a necessity. And so you may find that the, the Vipassana practice, the insight practice, and the metta practice, the kindness, become more and more interwoven. I had alluded to, um, last night, to uh, is now many years, uh, Dawn and I being involved in, uh, in teen retreats, and, um, and it's like, uh, 30, 50, 60, 15 to 19 year olds who come together. And it's a kind of blend of uh, part silent retreat, part like group therapy and part summer camp, you know? <laughs> and, um, and it's like, it's kind of like relentlessly beautiful to actually see what happens. And, and they've been on going on for now like uh, close to 30 years. And uh, Michelle McDonald uh, is one of the, the, the kind of first teacher to spearhead this, this effort, uh, the Insight Meditation Society. And uh, last week I heard her tell a story of very early in the development of these retreats they, um, his mom came and, and dropped off a kid who was, I, I don't know, maybe like 13 or so. And the kid, it's like six days, and the kid really didn't want to be there. Like, desperately did not want to be there. And so what he would do during the meditations was he would use the saliva in his mouth to blow bubbles. Yeah. And when the saliva would finally run out during the sit, he would start cracking his knuckles, yeah? And Michelle said that, uh, you know, she got him a kind of, um, 
a blanket that was like the thread was starting to to unravel and she gave that to him as something to just like you know instead of the bubble blowing yeah he would just like unravel the thread of this blanket yeah and um but one time she said like before he had the blanket and he had run out of spit and his knuckles wouldn't crack and he's just sitting there in such agony. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the teachers came up and just rested their hand on his back. Yeah. And with that, just like one tear came down the kid's cheek. To be connected to our experience is moving. moving to be connected to our experience. And so the time in the silence, the time as we wrestle with our minds or go through the phases of sleepiness or exuberance or peace, All of this, in a way, is leading us to connection, to the poignancy of our life, and to a love that uh, eventually overflows our heart, spills out into the lives with which we share. So we all um, have to find our own way into this, this realm of practice, into the kind of dignity and humility of love. Without effort or strain, just sensing into the the poignancy of your life.
the sense every movement of body and mind. is uh, designed to secure something like well-being or ease. We don't always know how to be happy. We don't always know that to have peace, we must make peace. We don't always know how to rest. And forgive ourselves. And forgive the human condition. But our longing to be happy has a kind of innocence. And to touch into that, to touch into that innocence. Begins to break the heart open.
our self-harshness always overestimates the controllability of life. We'll blame anything, including ourselves, so as not to fully open to the ungovernability of life. But the insight into the intensity, the unpredictability the uncertainty of being human can soften rather than harden the heart. The drama of hope and fear of pleasure and pain is all set against this backdrop of love and understanding. So silently, gently we affirm a simple wish. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I be at peace. These words are not so much of a prayer about what should unfold 
but a way of touching into the heart in this moment. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I be at peace. We just pour all of awareness into those words as if ringing a bell. And then listen to the reverberations in the body. Not intent on hearing any particular sound. We just gently ring the bell. The words I've offered or words that are appropriate for you. And then listen.
sometimes it can seem like uh, to extend love, a kind of gentle friendliness to oneself is indulgent, arrogant, grandiose, conceited. But that's a misunderstanding of what we're doing. It's actually humility that allows us to open to the vulnerability of being human, the urgency of love. None of us are special. each of us worthy of our own care. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.